Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Game Tea Podcast. My name is JP. I'm Zach. And I'm Zar. Zar, are we still friends after the great debate? I'd say so. I think Zach was a little disappointed, though, that there wasn't more hatred. I hate both of you. The funniest part about editing that whole thing to me was when I started complimenting you. Like, hey, you're doing a great job. And Zach was like, no, no, (laughs) no. Have you ever been to debate? You guys said you took the class. I know for a fact you don't compliment the opposition. (laughs) Unfortunately, podcasts don't record video because I could see a vein pulsating in Zach's head and forming an aneurysm. (laughs) I'm a tumor, I'm a tumor, I'm a tumor. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that is some great stuff, you guys. So while I suffer, we developed a whole new pod for you guys this week. Want to go over the uh, je ne sais quoi, JP? What are we doing this week? Sorry, you know I don't speak Italian, but I will read over the script here. (laughs) Nice. All right, so we've got a few today. Today, we're going to be talking about a breach of Nintendo accounts across the country. We're going to be talking about some ambitious updates to No Man's Sky coming out in 2020. We're going to be talking about some Xbox news, a big reveal for some games. We're going to be talking about GameStop announcing some pay cuts for its executives in light of the COVID crisis, and a few more articles along those lines if we get to them. We're going to kind of see how we do for time today. But after that, we're just going to talk about some of the games that are coming out today and then like we've been doing later this week you can expect another episode with some great content let's jump into our first article all right our first article comes from evostrix.com it's by jay nala jay nyla basically the tldr is 160,000 accounts had a huge privacy breach and um i know it's coming from a nintendo bias but it's basically like from what um, nintendo is stipulating it came from the black market someone just had accounts and they were selling it yeah and basically if you did not own a wii u or a nintendo 3ds this does not affect you right basically this affects people who owned a 3ds or wii u because they set up a nintendo network id okay and somehow unauthorized parties got a hold of that nintendo network id and passwords accompany with that and so that's kind of where the issue arised yeah and basically if you had like a payment set up on there or a credit card you could go online and they could buy things like v bucks and kind of get it for themselves freaking v bucks <laughs> well that's why i thought it was kind of ironic they hacked nintendo of all people because what are you gonna do buy them more games for themselves like you can't gift games on the nintendo eShop. so (laughs) (laughs) right there was no mention of changing of passwords or people not being able to log into their pass or into their accounts it was just people having extra stuff that they didn't originally buy (laughs) right yep that's absolutely true so zach is this unprecedented for nintendo has this happened before what are we talking here i'm sure on a smaller scale there's similar situations this really only impacted people who Like I said, they own a 3DS and a Wii U and they didn't have like a two-factor authentication and they also had their credit card or PayPal saved on file. So it was kind of like a a multi-step problem that would lead to this happening to you. But this is kind of the first thing that happened with Nintendo and they're still looking into it. For the most part, they're very good at keeping stuff safe. I've never had any issues like this. And what I would recommend for any of our viewers that currently do own a Switch, Czar already did that today. Just go and enable two-step verification. It's like an app you can get on your phone and it'll just give you a six-letter code and you can plug that in. So if anyone like outside logs into your account, it'll ask for that code and they can't do it without your phone. So you can completely avoid this problem. It's unfortunate that this happened. It really is. By no means am I saying, well, at least because 
because this does suck, especially for the 160,000 alleged people who this could have happened to. But it could have been worse and it has been in the past. Do you guys remember years ago, PlayStation, Sony actually had a breach in theirs that cost like, it was over, I think it was over a million people had their accounts hacked or something like that. Yeah, and wasn't that through their actual servers though? It was corporate hijack, I think is what it was called. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, it's still on the same premise of, you know, you have your payment information on your gaming console and the next thing you know, your information isn't private anymore. So yeah, that really does suck. I will say, at least Nintendo was very candid about what happened. When the, things like this happen, I mean, because my accounts have gotten hacked a couple times where, you know, I see money that's been taken out of my account. It's never usually more than like 30 to 40 bucks, which still sucks, but you usually get reimbursed. It's more of a hassle than anything, you know? Right. And you just don't feel safe with your account, so it can be scary. So PSA to everybody, if you're going to save any payment information, make sure you set up some sort of two-step verification that google authenticator works i'm pretty sure with um sony products with microsoft products there is usually almost always for any service that you have some sort of two-step authentication keep your account safe please do that yes zach mentioned earlier that i did that today i set up my two-step authorization today it was really simple it was very straightforward you can do it right from nintendo's website i encourage everyone to get on that now absolutely absolutely just Keep your information safe is all we can tell you. All right, now this one I will take because this game actually started off as a PlayStation exclusive. Actually did not, JP. It didn't? It was crowdfunded and it was on PC, Xbox, and PlayStation. Oh, I thought it was a PlayStation exclusive. Nah, 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 nah. It doesn't really matter because this game, I'm not saying I would have been proud even if it was. So right. essentially what we've got here is an article on PC Gamer by one Mr. Sean Prescott. No Man's Sky is getting more ambitious updates in 2020. Quotes on ambitious. Now, I kind of explained it to Zar earlier. Zach, do you know about the flop with this game and a little bit of the history behind this game? Do you know about it? Yeah, I know. For a full year, if you wanted to crap on a game, this was the game you crapped on. I think it was 2016 <laughs> when it came out. Yep, and yep. Um, do you want to give our viewers kind of the TLDR on that one? Sure. So No Man's Sky, um, I think 2016 was the date it released. It was either 2016 or 2017. No Man's Sky was one of the most anticipated titles that was coming out this year. From gameplay that we have seen, from videos that we had seen, this game looked gorgeous and there was a lot of promises made by the developers of the game for its release. Uh, like a really great multiplayer, like a lot of playability in the game, a lot of different features and functionality and we got almost none of that it was a very bare bones game when it came out and it still had that 60 dollars price tag so people were absolutely outraged it was one of in my mind in the you know 20 years i've been gaming it's one of the biggest flops i can ever think of with the game is you know there's been no game that's been as hyped up as this that ended up just disappointing so many people so it kind of got that stigma around it where you know it was just kind of known as that game that had a lot of hype that didn't even co come close to living up to that. But I have to give it to the developers of this game. They've been working really hard in the background to get this up and going again with updates that kind of bring some of those features that they originally promised to the game. Better multiplayer, more playability out of the game. And even though I've heard from plenty of people that the game is actually really awesome now, the unfortunate thing is for a lot of people that stigma still exists, that it's just kind of this big flop. And I, I'm honestly going to have to give the game another chance because 
like I said, I've heard from tons of people that they really got their shit together and that this game is actually awesome now. And the price tag isn't $60 anymore. So yeah, that's kind of the TLDR for what No Man's Sky is supposed to be. Is there any questions? Did I miss anything? Uh, so when you said that they rolled out more content, we're talking um, based off PC Gamers article, they've had six expansions of varying size at um, no cost, which I think is crazy that they've added that much content. So when JP is like selling that, like they've really tried to put in a lot of work into this from things like weird biological ships to giant mechs. I, I mean, I love mechs. Yeah, yeah, essentially that's what it is. The giant mechs, uh, that's right up Zach's alley. Zach likes mechs games. <laughs> but what they keep really adding is just more multiplayer functionality. And honestly, that's what people wanted the most out of when this game was so hyped up all those years ago. So like I said, props to these guys for coming out with all these updates over the years to make their game better instead of giving up on it. And they've done it all for free. That's impressive. Yeah. that That is necessary when a game flops as hard as it did and the developers don't just scrap the game instead they update it and i think it's great when they add that content for free because they knew it was their mistake to begin with yeah absolutely i agree with you so that's really really amazing to see it is my kind of game that i would love to play this it's more of like a collect material kind of build exploring space is the big thing customizing ships it has like completely computer generated like worlds. yeah absolutely it's all different your experience is totally different unless you group up with someone then you all see the same generated experience together right yep everybody gets their own personalized experience in this game no two people playing this game are going to have the same types of planets it's all generalized per person in fact that was one of the things that they really did deliver on when the game came out was that unique experience for each player it was really cool but unfortunately like i said earlier Earlier, the gameplay wasn't really there to justify the price tag or all the hype for the game. Yeah, I mean, there was a bunch of generate stuff, but there was nothing to do. It was kind Pre of like... Precisely. It was just a walking <laughs> right. collection simulator at that point. So right. that's what pissed people off. But now they've actually added in just like, I love how JP said that gameplay mechanic to it. So mm -hmm. so for you, JP, that kind of got rid of the stigma for you. You're ready to go back in there and dive into this game. Yeah, for me it did. But, you know, for people who were a lot more on the fence, and I mean like, it's easier for me because I love looking into gaming news, but some of these games that are kind of flavor of the month games, you know, like it's really hyped and it's fun for that month. And then it kind of just fades into obscurity for a little while. For a lot of people, I don't think that stigma is going to go away, which is kind of unfortunate. It's just going to be known as that game that had all that hype and kind of flopped. So it's got your stamp of approval. Everyone should give it a second chance. Yes, absolutely. My stamp of approval is going on this game even before this update came out or this update that's supposed to come out later in 2020. Even before that, I've heard that they really got their shit together with this game. So yeah, I'm really excited to see what they do with it. And as soon as I see the price tag I want on Steam, I'm probably going to download it. Heck yeah. All right, Zara, this one's definitely your cup of tea, man. So this next article I'm excited about because y'all know I'm an Xbox boy. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so this next article is entitled The Next Xbox Series X Reveal Will Be Entirely About Games. And according to Phil Spencer, we won't have to wait too long. Now, this comes from Twinfinite.net and is written by G. Nelva. And there is a specific tweet from Spell phil spencer that i would like to read from the article let's hear it man so 
above Phil Spencer, Wagerman in his bunker playing games or his or her bunker playing games. Hi, Xbox P3. How are you feeling about the eventual reveals of new games and the new info on the Series X later this year? How is the planning going? There are definitely a lot of hungry fans out here. To which Phil Spencer retweeted at him, reviewed plans yesterday for continued sharing through launch. Team is doing great work and adapting. I've never been more excited about Xbox plans. We've heard you. You want transparency slash authenticity. We plan to keep showing that way. Next step is not too much of a wait. That's really exciting to me. And I wish it could have come out sooner because if listeners had listened to the debate, I didn't have much to say about games because the Xbox has been rather secretive about what they're planning to do in the game department. And that's honestly what I'm really interested in seeing too, because that's what my, (laughs) that's like my big thing for PlayStation. I had several, but for me, the point is this is about the games, you know, and PlayStation's got a fantastic library and we've got almost nothing confirmed for the new Xbox yet. So yeah, if there's some type of game demo coming um, and it's confirmed by Phil Spencer himself, I'm excited. Oh, absolutely. Because yeah, I, I lacked in the game department. All we know is Halo is coming out and that's basically it. Halo and Gears. And we could have told you that even before it was announced. It's oh. just... Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, when you think of a gaming console, you don't think of the streaming services or watching DVDs or accessing the internet. You think about picking up your controller and shooting things, solving puzzles or any type of gaming. Exactly, exactly. So I am also on your side with this. I really want to see what they do. So a couple of questions for you guys. First of all, when they think any type of plan to have a showcase soon, do you think Phil Spencer is planning something more on like a YouTube video conference type deal like a Nintendo Direct or a PlayStation State of Play? Well, I would hope so because Xbox doesn't have their own specific showcase. Actually, they do. Do they? The State of Xbox. Really? Yeah. State of Xbox, is that what it's called? Yeah, but it's in the same vein as a as a Nintendo Direct. I thought that Xbox had their own. It was just kind of underutilized at the moment. That's kind of what I'm getting from it because I am religious to Xbox and I haven't even heard of that. They can definitely improve their marketing, which is funny coming from Microsoft. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, guys, I'm thrilled to hear this news. I, I hate it when a console, I mean, obviously like I like it when Nintendo dominates, but I love it <laughs> when consoles actually fight each other back and forth. These one-sided battles get boring like all last generation was ps4 this ps4 that and it was because ps4 like jp says over and over and over and reminds me how great their games are yeah (laughs) the ps4 had a great stellar lineup all the xbox one was like yeah we have halo and years but everything else is on ps4 too and so everyone's like well fuck this we're getting a ps4 and so now it seems like microsoft finally like had the light shine in their face and after being humiliated by um playstation they're finally getting their shit together and focusing on games like czar said and so i'm really excited to see kind of a back and forth battle unless of a ps4 sells 10 times as much as xbox or whatever the stupid number was back when it first started there's no e3 this year so they have to have something specific to them they have to launch something on youtube on their website make it accessible to everyone so that they can show off what they got. I don't remember from that article a few weeks ago, but wasn't Microsoft the only one who was still planning on attending E3 out of the big three? I think Nintendo pulled out, well, they pulled out permanently, but I think PlayStation was already gone too. So Nintendo's still 
would have gone to E3, but they only do like their Nintendo Directs there and just throw in some demos. And Microsoft's the only one with kind of their own stage presence, but Microsoft was only there because they have their own conference center across the street from E3. Yeah, it'd be it'd be pretty it'd be dumb not to do it. Right. Absolutely. So the the big three kind of all did their own thing in the first place anyway. So what I was trying to say though is that E3 could have been just an Xbox showcase at this point. I mean Nintendo would have been there, but they wouldn't have been trying very hard because they know how great their directs are. So it's a shame that people couldn't see this live. I'm anticipating them probably doing some type of online video conference, and I'm really excited for us. I'm really excited to see what they do. I just want to see some games. So, Zara, you're a big Xbox guy. What are some, like, Xbox exclusives that you hope come back from the dead or just something Ooh. new that you're looking forward to? Or? Yeah, absolutely. Ooh. Putting you on the spot here. Ooh, I would like to see a bunch of revives and remakes from Xbox original titles because one of the big selling points to the new console is that nearly every Xbox game from every generation will be available. And so I want to see remakes of things like Stubbs the Zombie, Rebel Without a Pulse, Grab by the Ghoulie, uh, Voodoo Vince, Binks the Time Sweeper, just to name a few. I want to see all of those games come back into the light and make a new appearance because I think in a new generation, they could have a real market there. Other than that, there's really not a ton of Xbox original titles that haven't been ported to other consoles and have been really underutilized throughout the years. Zara, you let me down, man. I put you on the spot, but I was kind of waiting there. I was waiting for you to say one title. Fable? Uh, I mean, Fable's good, too. Fable, like, Fable too. What was what were you hoping for, Zach? Yeah, I'm curious, too. A Banjo and Kazooie proper fucking that just a proper one yeah <laughs> okay okay that yes. is fair i did not consider that because that was a nintendo 64 original title they fair did yeah. bring it back for an xbox exclusive with banjo kazooie nuts and bolts but it was but a wasn't crappy, it terrible oh yeah it was a crappy build your own race car and do stupid races that's not banjo kazooie exactly i want to that one. is very a very good point to make because i would love to see a revamped new Banjo-Kazooie that is a full-fledged platformer like it always was. I want to see the return of Grunty. She was hinted at coming back at the end of Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts. She was only a head in the jar, but who knows what that woman has in store. She has two sisters that brought her back once, so who knows what could happen. Right. I don't know what the hell you're talking about, but I'm excited you're excited. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't know how they could do that because uh, Rare and Xbox gave, uh, I think it was temporary rights back to Nintendo to put Banjo back in Smash. They just shared them because they're nice. I'm sure a percentage of the profit goes towards Rare and Xbox anyway. If Banjo was ever revived, I don't think it would be an Xbox exclusive title. I think it would be shared with the Switch. No, 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 no. I mean, maybe like later down the road, but God, they bought Rare back in 2002. And the first thing I thought, oh, they finally got their platformer. Yeah. Any minute now. They have not (laughs) utilized Rare. They have crapped all over Rare, and I love Xbox, but I hate Xbox for doing this because when I had an N64, Rare was one of my favorite developers from Conker's Bad Fur Day to Banjo-Kazooie. They did Conker's Bad Fur Day too? Yes. Oh my God. GoldenEye and um, Silent Dark too. They did GoldenEye too? Yes. Holy crap. Perfect Dark, uh, Grab by the Ghoulies. These are literally all of like the N64 greats right here. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And yeah, sorry, you got it right. Xbox released 
a rare replay that brought back all of those titles from the N64 onto the Xbox One. And it was great. I loved it. But at the same time, I was like, where is the more? I want more. Right. I want to see a sequel to Conker's Bad Fur Day. I want to see a revive of Perfect Dark. Slight, slight tangent. I knew I would say that, and I, I, I knew Star would be excited. I think Xbox fans should be drooling at the mouth right now because Spencer is talking a big game about games, and that's all we're about here on the Game T Podcast. Am I right, boys? Oh, absolutely. It's in the goddamn title. <laughs> ah. My last tangent remark before we end this this article is god damn it xbox revive rare start using it phil spencer if you're listening start putting out rare games phil spencer is definitely listening to our podcast there's no way to- <laughs> <laughs> him and reggie are best friends of the game two podcast <laughs> all right i think that's enough of this are any last things to say about this god damn it use rare all right <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, my boy Reggie fils may lead next uh, GameStop to the next renaissance. I keep forgetting that Reggie is on the board of directors now for GameStop. That is still mind-boggling. That's amazing. Yeah, Reggie uh, got bored, I guess, living the life of luxury <laughs> retirement. For one year? <laughs> for, like, not even one year. He retired back in, I guess, almost exactly a year. No, JP, you're right. Just when I think I'm out, they bring me back in. <laughs> So I'll fill you guys in, GameStop has been struggle busting pretty hard because of the whole COVID-19 along with just any other retailer. Mm-hmm. They were struggling before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, they've had their issues before, but this is like icing on the cake. Mm-hmm. George Shorman, uh, GameStop CEO, will be taking a temporary base salary reduction of 50%, while Jim Bell, their CFO, and the remainder of the executive leadership team will be taking a reduction of 30%. Directors will receive 50% less cast compensation for the board of directors. In addition, other members of the corporate staff operating units will receive pay cuts and furloughs. That's pretty crazy. I've never seen a CEO take that much of a pay cut willingly. I've seen it before, but not for companies as notorious as GameStop. I think this is an awesome way to um, show that, that they're they're serious about fixing this and working with their employees, because I'm sure GameStop employees have been laid off left and right here. Oh, yeah. Retail workers and things that are non-essential, like GameStop. And by the way, non-essential, that just depends on who you ask. Right. I, <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, if I couldn't get my Animal Crossing, I would have gone insane, and so would many other people. But I digress. It, uh, it's pretty good to see GameStop finally doing something that doesn't put their foot in their own freaking mouth, man. So it's it's good to see them taking one for the team and hopefully getting back on the right track of just being about games and selling games and providing games for gamers, man. How many times I say gamers in that sentence? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, regarding this, I can't help but feel this was probably a note from the board of directors, maybe even Reggie. Now, obviously this is speculation, but doing something like this, taking the pay cuts for, you know, all the higher ups in the company, and then, you know, kind of sharing that information. It's definitely a business practice, but that was probably something Reggie was like, hey, if you want to get GameStop out of the gutter, step number one, you have to care about your people. It doesn't matter who you are. If you work for GameStop, you're relevant and you're important. And we need to make that clear. Oh, absolutely. Let me let me tell you a story to back up JP's thing. I'm going to try and tie myself for like 30 seconds because yes, it's Nintendo. And yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> there was a great man named Satoru Wada, and he was an amazing um, developer. He's behind some of the games like Pokemon Gold and Silver. Just 
literally like any Nintendo console from like our Nintendo game from like 1998 all the way to like 2015. Awada's probably had some sort of positive influence into that game. And so needless to say, you guys all know the Wii U was terrible. Didn't make a lot of money. Um, Nintendo was struggling hardcore. He took a very similar approach where he was basically not making any money from like 2015 to 2017 before he passed away. And this is while the man had, I believe it was like stage four of some sort of cancer. Like this guy had every reason to take some money to help himself out because he was going through a big ordeal while he was leading Nintendo. Yeah. And he still was like, no, my like company is suffering. I don't need this money. We're going to figure it out. It's thanks to things like that, like that Nintendo was able to get out of the dark days of the Wii U because him taking that pay cut, he was able to keep some employees and obviously make some of the awesome games that the, the Wii U wasn't seeing. We know the Wii U wasn't seeing games. So these were all things that came to pass when the Nintendo Switch came out after Awada passed. So I really think JP's onto something. It's just an observation. I mean, whether or not it was from the graces of the board, the new board of directors or just taking a note about amazing people like that that Zach just mentioned, it is awesome to see. And I think it's going to help bring GameStop into people's good graces just a little bit more. Well, I have a lot more faith in GameStop after seeing these pay cuts, but aren't they taking the pay cuts just to keep the business afloat because they couldn't afford to pay the leases on a lot of their buildings? I mean, that's the big thing is like, yeah, that is a part of it. But I do think at least a little bit is helping out some of its employees on the lower branches of management or even retail out too. And that's good. Can't pay employees if you don't have a building. That's that's absolutely fair. They also were saying that they're reopening select locations in Italy, Germany, Austria, South Carolina, and Georgia, which I don't know if it's a great idea to start opening stores in Italy because I think they're still suffering from the virus pretty hard. I think opening stores anywhere is a terrible idea, to be honest with you. I mean, at this point, what a business is supposed to do, because they can't make money if they're not open, but they can't open because of the virus. It's, so. Yeah, it's it's really, really hard. It, nobody has easy decisions to make here. Everybody's just doing the best that they can. Baseline, though, I think this is a step in the right direction for GameStop. I have a little more faith in them. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Our next article comes from Game Rant from one Mr. Callum Williams. This rumor is that there is a new Crash Bandicoot game coming to the PlayStation 5. I am extremely excited about this little rumor. I mean, Crash Bandicoot had a special place in my heart already, even before the Insane Trilogy dropped back in mid-2017. Mid if you don't know what the Insane Trilogy is, um, all the Crash or the three Crash Bandicoot games that were on the PlayStation 2 got remastered in a package that came out in 2017 as a PlayStation exclusive just for a little while. Currently, you can get it on the Switch and the Xbox, and hell, I think you can even pick it up on the PC. But none of that even matters to me. Crash Bandicoot is awesome. I love the Insane Trilogy, and now we've got Got some rumors coming that the PlayStation 5 is going to have a new Crash Bandicoot title. What do you guys think of that? I, I think that's really cool. Everyone's favorite marsupial is back in action. And after the success of the Insane Trilogy, fans demanded to see more Crash, which is great because the developers were like, hey, that's a coinky dink because we've had a game in development for the past three years. <laughs> right. This is hype. That's a good way to sell your console is with a platformer like Crash Bandicoot. What the hell is a marsupial? Well, a marsupial, it looks like a rat, but it's actually more closely related to a rabbit. Oh, my ex-girlfriend. Got it. <laughs> uh, Fucking burn. Holy shit. I kid, I kid. And it's native to Australia. I actually looked this up today because I was curious what Crash Bandicoot was. I knew at one point, but yeah, it's just a little tiny rat with a long nose. 
Now, you two did have the PlayStation 2 growing up, right? Uh, did you play some Crash Bandicoot titles? Hey, hold on. Don't answer this. This is this is a question. He's trying to trick us into the debate. Don't answer it. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I will not use this information. I promise. Well, I would like to correct you because the original two... Cra- Actually, I think all three of the Crash Bandicoots were on the PlayStation 1. I don't know if that's true or not, to be honest. I'll have to do a little research on that. But I do know that it was originally on either one of the PlayStations. And you know what? The PS2 had the... You could play the piece PlayStation games on the PS2 anyway, so... It did have backwards compatibility. Either So either way, I mean, uh, yeah, Crash Bandicoot, in my opinion revolutionized platformers it was it was right on par with games such as donkey kong country which came out before you know as a spoiled nintendo baby i totally disagree with what you're saying but (laughs) it was it was a very fun game i will give you that crash bandicoot was the first one to do it with the 3d graphics though wasn't it because donkey kong country is just a side scroller isn't it yeah it's a side scroller which made crash bandicoot really interesting because you would have some levels that were side scrolling some levels where you would move forward and even some levels where you would have to pull back on the joystick because you were running towards the screen which was really difficult because you couldn't see what you were running into when you're running away from the giant boulders towards the screen it's like oh god this is so stressful Oh, yeah, that was an incredibly creative design from them. Oh, yeah, it was a wonderful design mechanic. And then did you guys give the Insane Trilogy a try back in 2017? I bought both. I bought the Spyro Trilogy. (laughs) Spyro's good, too. Spyro is more my game. I like the peaceful atmosphere, the calming music, and the burning of innocent sheep. <laughs> Those giant bears that follow you and kill you, and then the random oh, I hate the- random dark holes and the pixel perfect turtle jumps. <laughs> I couldn't handle that stress. <laughs> the aneurysm's back. You see the vein? <laughs> so Zach, you did play the uh, insane trilogy. What did you think of it? Did you think it did justice to the original Crash Bandicoot games? Dude, I don't know what I was on as a six-year-old, but I remember <laughs> such fond memories of Crash Bandicoot. I tried playing that shit now, and I'm like, God, did I get really bad at gaming, or what <laughs> happened here? Because like I said, that game, I never raged so hard on a platformer like I did Crash Bandicoot. But yeah, no, it's a it's a great game. It's a fun time. I love the soundtrack. The do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Oh my God, iconic, iconic music. I love it as a platform, but I did not remember it being that hard. So yeah, with this rumor comes just, it actually came from this tweet originally. I don't know who this gentleman is, is if he's one of the developers for maybe the game or not supposedly this game's been in development for about three years we should start seeing some marketing soon and it may be we don't know for sure but it might be a playstation 5 launch title if this were one of the launch titles a new crash i don't know that'd make the game pretty interesting y'all well that'd be a strong launch title because a lot of playstation's launch titles are rated m because we've got the last of us Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. uh, i don't remember the others that you said but there's not a lot that are kid friendly and how i've always viewed the playstation is it's a very mature console it's a console for adult gamers and there wasn't a lot of kid friendly titles yeah i mean that is arguable but that's just how i've always seen it and with a launch title as crash bandicoot it would have a bigger market for a younger audience. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
So yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on that. Um, I know these are all just rumors at the moment, but I'm really excited to see if they come into fruition or not. I know I would love to see another Crash title because like I said, in my opinion, it's one of the most influential. It's not the most influential platformer of all time, but it's up there. It's up there. Everybody has a good Crash Bandicoot memory. Absolutely. I'm trying to think of like, any good PlayStation launch titles. I feel like PlayStation's never had strong launch titles. It's always done well. I'm not saying anything against that. I'm just saying I've never seen a PlayStation with a good launch title. Wasn't Shadow of the Colossus an original PS2 launch title? Because I know that was a really early PS2 game. I don't know about launch title, but what I do know is that Shadow of the Colossus was one of the most beautiful games I'm ever going to play. That game was amazing. Okay, this may this is a little bit of a digression, but there are three titles that I would like to see revived for the PlayStation 5. Maybe launch title, maybe not. But what would those be? I want to see Ratchet and Clank. Absolutely. I know they tried to revive that earlier, but it didn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Jack and Daxter, because oh. we haven't seen anything from Jack in years, except the most recent thing from Jack we've seen was PlayStation All-Stars on the PS3. Jack and Daxter might be my favorite Naughty Dog franchise. I love The Last of Us, but Jesus, Jack and Daxter. Loved it. And a game that you guys probably have not heard of, but Medieval. Oh, no, no, no. I've heard of Medieval. So Daniel Fortescue. <laughs> Zar, Zar, you know there's a remake of that on the PS4, right? There is, I know. And that is like ah. on, an entire <laughs> reason why I have wanted to get it. Because way back in the day, my very first interaction with eBay was getting the first and second medieval games when I had a PlayStation 2. And I loved them. It was so creepy and gothic and just dark right up my alley. You play an undead knight that kills zombies. Sounds totally czar right there. That's totally the vibes I'm getting. That, yep, that's our that's Zar's game. <laughs> 100%. So I want to see that not remade but redone and revived because Sir Daniel Fortescue has been revived twice already. So why not a third time? I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm excited that you're excited. (laughs) Well, JP is our uh, resident PlayStation guy. What would you like to see as a launch title? What would be like, ooh, drooling? Because we kind of talked about Xbox. Let's go ahead and talk about PlayStation 2. Absolutely. Honestly, whatever the next installment of God of War is going to be is probably going to be a play. I would love to see that be a PlayStation 5 launch title. And the amount of time from God of war coming out in 2018 versus when the playstation 5 is allegedly supposed to drop later this year it would line up pretty well i would say if the next god of war was a launch title that would be absolutely huge other than that i mean it's kind of goes along with what zach said we're probably going to see just some more ports come over to the console like the last of us 2 which is supposed to come out within a month or two i know it says it got delayed we're going to see what happens with that that'll probably come back out maybe shadow of the colossus is going to get another remaster or hell i'd love to even see a sequel for Shadow of the Colossus, which I think the timing is right for that too. Ratchet and Clank, like Zar said, I would love to see another Ratchet and Clank game. Really, it's just a nostalgia trip at that point. But, you know, I'd be really excited to see some new titles too. Maybe a Horizon Zero Dawn 2. Yeah, things like that. I am really, really interested to see what's going to happen with all of this. And if we just got a Crash Bandicoot title on top of that, that would just be nothing but the icing on the cake. Yeah, if they revive Jack and Daxter, that's how JP and I became like best buddies, I think. We bonded over Jack and Daxter a lot. Yeah, I think that's right. I remember like one time in second grade, maybe it was later third grade, you like introduced me to Jack and Daxter. I'm like, oh my God, I love it. Was I the one that introduced you? Was it Jack 2 or Jack 3 that we played first? It was Jack 2. Oh, Jack 2 was good. I like pooped 
my pants with excitement. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jack's story was the first time as a kid I nearly pooped myself because of how intense the story was. You weren't supposed to poop yourself? <laughs> <laughs> my mom was sick of buying pants. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I think, we, uh, I think we've got all of that out of the way. Said all that needs to be said. We've got one more article here that needs to be read. And Zar, I believe for this one, the floor is yours. I will take this out from under Zach's feet because I know he really wants to read it. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> You've had your turn, Zach. I know. <laughs> you took the GameStop article. I was told to. And besides, Zar is a new Switch owner, so I want to hear his take on this. That is very true. Well, Super Mario Maker 2 is getting its final update, and this is a big one. Oh, yeah. Much like the other updates for Mario Maker. It is free, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. And now it allows the creation of worlds. You don't just make levels. Now you can compile all of your levels into eight separate worlds with a total of 40 courses, essentially allowing players to make their own Mario games. I'm smiling while you read that. I am giddy. That is amazing. I'm actually really excited about this too, because you can just go online and play multiple Mario games from everyone. It is infinite. Mario. Yeah, that is absolutely incredible. And can we put just a little bit of emphasis on the fact that they're putting this out for free? Oh, yeah. We all know we would have paid for these updates and so would everybody else. They did not have to put these out for free. But they did, and that's only another shining example that makes Nintendo amazing. Mm -hmm. Now, I know that the world creation is the big thing to this update, but there's also several other little inclusions, such as the frog suit from Super Mario Brothers 3, the power balloon, which basically inflates Mario, makes him really big and lighter than air to float up, mm -hmm. the super acorn, the boomerang flower, and the Super Mario Brothers 2 shroom, which a lot of fans of Mario Maker wanted to see Super Mario Brothers 2, which has been considered the bastard of the franchise, re-implemented into this new Mario Maker. They didn't include really anything from Super Mario Brothers 2, but the mushroom allows you to take on the persona of the sprites from Super Mario Brothers 2, as well as pick up items and enemies to throw. That is amazing. I'm so excited talking about this right now. In my opinion, if you're a Nintendo Switch owner, Super Mario Maker 2 is a must-own title. Oh, absolutely. But if all of those minor updates didn't sound like they're enough, they did include one big notion, and that is the inclusion of the couplings. So now all eight of the Kooplings from Ludwig von Koopling to, I don't even remember what some of the others are, Iggy? <laughs> Ludwig, Iggy, Bowser names his kids weird things. There was a Morton. Yeah, there was a Morton <laughs> von Koopa. But yeah, now all of those characters are in the game and you can place them in the worlds at the end of castles to include extra difficulty for players. Guys, you forgot Roy, Lemmy, and Wendy. How could you? Oh, and Larry. How could I forget about Lemmy? I'm sorry, Lemmy. So yeah, Zach, I want to give you a little bit of the spotlight too, because you've obviously probably got some things to say about this. I'm hyped. I got um, Super Mario Maker 2 for me and Zar. I was like, Zar, you need this game. <laughs> yeah, you did. Um, it is, it's a good time. I think that Mario Maker kind of got like shafted 
in a way because it kind of came out and then it just went away and everyone was kind of like it was almost like lightning in a bottle it was like the one wii u title that everyone heard about was mario maker oh yeah oh yeah super awesome everyone was streaming it on twitch or whatever but then like it just didn't take off like you thought it would when it came out on the switch which i thought was awful and that's why i kind of think this is the final update because it's not selling as well as i hope so i'm really hoping this kind of brings like a second life to this game since you're building a world now people stop getting less like you have to do these perfect jumps and it's like super trolly if you don't do the perfect exact jump and you die automatically and start all over see but i think that's the fun part about the game to go off of a little of what you said though if there is anything that brought me closer to buying a wii u well for one the legend of zelda wind waker remake but number two it was mario maker the game looked phenomenal and the way it was set up on the wii u pad it just worked perfectly it was the best utilization i've ever seen of the wii u pad super mario maker 2 unfortunately yeah i have heard that a little bit of the magic is gone because you don't have that screen to work with anymore yeah you can pick up the switch and play it that way but then it's just seeing like something you do on the screen go to the tv there was magic behind that so yeah it is sad that this isn't getting as much praise as its predecessor or as its ancestor i should say i would also like to propose a notion to you fine gentlemen and this was just something i was thinking when i was reading the game or reading the article with the development of eight entire worlds and 40 levels that can comprise all of the worlds put together Mm -hmm. could nintendo utilize these player-made worlds to make future mario games i mean i think it would be a great idea on nintendo's part to just take a note on what people have been doing and designing for future mario games sure hell they could even hold contests and like we have eight world slots that we want make your best world and we're gonna make a new Mario game with them. Now that would be phenomenal. I think that could build significant hype for the game again. Absolutely. So would they rebuy it then or is it just like a free update or what are you thinking? It could be a free update or next year, couple years from now, they turn that into a fully fledged Mario game with the story. Because you know with the creation of these worlds, that they're going to have a little bit of a story aspect to them. I would imagine that they would allow players to make some sort of a loose story from world one to world eight. Yeah, it could be interesting. And I think it could really keep Mario alive for decades to come because, you know, we saw Mario Odyssey, which was really cool, but it just, to me, felt kind of like Mario's last breath. You know, there hasn't really been a creative new title since Mario Galaxy. I mean, I would argue that a little bit. We won't do it now because we don't have a ton of time left, but I think for what it's worth, Odyssey had a lot of really fresh and really cool ideas that would, honestly, if I had to make a list of my favorite gaming titles, and it might be irrelevant because I haven't played Galaxy yet, but I thought Odyssey was amazing. But that's just my opinion. All right, guys, we're uh, starting to run a little high on time in this. Any final thoughts on that? Nope. I'm excited to try it out and play some new worlds, though. As am I. Absolutely. If you guys make any worlds as our viewers, let us know. We're down to try them. Oh, yeah. Link them in on our social media. We'll check them out. Hell yeah, we will. The last thing to do on this episode of the podcast is just talk about some of the games that are coming out next week. Zach, would you like to take the floor on this? I would love to. So our first game is Azure Striker Gunvolt Striker Pack for the PS4. It comes out April 28th. Cool. Azure Striker Gunvolt is uh, like a Mega Man X uh, successor. It's really fun game. I've heard lots of good things and it's pretty cheap. I think it's like 10 to 20 bucks, depending on when you buy it, like it's on sale or whatever. It's a pretty good time. Um, I know JP, you're not a Mega Man fan, but you uh, like Mega Man. Definitely shoot that. uh, Give that game a shot. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Gaming puns. Woo. 
<laughs> All right, Zara, this next one might be up your alley. Gears of War has its own tactics game, kind of like Fire Emblem. Gears Tactics is coming out to the PC on April 28th. Ooh, I thought that was coming out mobile. Um, it might already be out on mobile. It's just coming to PC on April 28th. Interesting, interesting. Mm. So basically... Gears of War, but Fire Emblem. So if that's your cup of tea, hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah, or indeed. Or a sister. <laughs> the next game is called The Inner Friend. It's uh, coming to PS4 and Xbox One on April 28th. Um, JP, this kind of sounds like your cup of tea when I was reading this. Holy I was like, yeah. sounds like JP. It's dark and scary, mysterious at times. The world of Inner Friend is a surrealist representation of memories and fears. Basically, it's that immersive storytelling, visually driven narrative with minimalist interface. So I'm kind of getting, what was that game that you were playing all the time, JP, in the summer, uh, where you get to pick like so many different choices or you would die or whatever? Until dawn? Until dawn. Maybe that was it. So it kind of gives me that. It's like not so much combat or whatever, but like you kind of choose your own story. Story is to me the most important aspect of a game. So you know me very well. That caught my attention immediately. The Inner Friend coming out for PS4 and Xbox on April 28th. Yeah, I'm going to check that out for sure. That sounds amazing. Absolutely. After that, we have Moving Out. It's coming to basically everything. PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch on April 28th. Moving Out is the total opposite of Inner Friend. It's a ridiculous business-based moving simulator that brings new meaning to couch co-op in quotations are you ready for an exciting career in furniture as a newly certified furniture arrangement and relocation technician you'll take on moving jogs all across the town of packmore i love me some puns so (laughs) hell yeah to that game that gets my approval that sounds like fun there have been so many physics simulators out recently and every single one of them is so fun oh my god i definitely think if you find this one at the right price this would be a, a good way to just lose an entire night laughing your socks off yep after that we have PUBG season 7 coming to ps4 xbox one on april 28th rock and roll uh, we kind of talked about this last week it's still coming guys it's still coming so if that's your cup of tea woohoo! that's good to hear and then remnant from the ashes swamps of courses dlc is coming to pc on april 28th this is kind of like that third person action game from like the creators of darksiders 3 the game is uh, gonna get new content on the pc and um it's revamps of the existing content and it's 40 dollars for the expansion so people who are already playing remnant yay that sounds like a czar game czar have you heard of this one i have not but i absolutely love darksiders i have played nearly every darksiders title i have the third game downloaded mm. but i have not touched it yet well this might be the game for you my man because this looks pretty awesome i will definitely have to check it out hell yeah as for game releases that's it for the next week so um pretty exciting stuff lots of different variety coming this week oh yeah so essentially czar and i had our little great debate uh last week where we did playstation 5 versus xbox series x uh, later in the week anticipate another great debate but we're doing a little bit of a blast from the past i will be defending team playstation 2 zach will be defending team gamecube Woo! and czar will be taking the side of the xbox xbox for life and you have that to look forward to later this week and in the meantime do we have anything else you guys i think we are done i still have absolute power just want that known. no you not in this <laughs> you're not a part in, of the debate not in this debate you don't i'm judge jury and executioner <laughs> <laughs> all right i think that'll do it for this episode of the game tea podcast thank you all so much for listening and we will see you in just a few more days later until next time everybody bye 
Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Game Tea Podcast. If you liked what you heard, why not follow us on social media? You can find us on Twitter at the Game Tea Podcast X. You can find us on Facebook at the Game Tea Podcast. And you can find us on Instagram at the Game Tea Podcast.